last week we talked about the first five commandments of God. In the special context of these five commandments are in fact the commandments of God being compromised by the children of God as we live on this land. Word of God says God doesn't want us to compromise the commandments of God. So we saw he doesn't want us to have any other God before him. He doesn't want us to worship anything else than him and him alone. He doesn't want us to proclaim his name in vain but instead he expects us to live up to his name. He doesn't want us to neglect Sunday morning worship because Sunday service or saints of God gathering together is important. It's biblical. It's a word of God. And finally we saw he doesn't want us to neglect our parents. God has given us the responsibility of taking care of our parents. We also talked about the scripture we read in Exodus chapter 20 verse 2. Let's read that again. Exodus chapter 20 verse 2. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Now let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 33. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 33. Here the word of God says, You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. Some these two scriptures we found out you know, these commandments were given to the children of Israel as they were brought out of Egypt. These commandments were given during their journey in the wilderness as they were traveling from Egypt to Canaan. They were also given to the children of God in the wilderness for two reasons. Word of God says as we read in Deuteronomy 33 that you may live, you may live by the commandments of God. That they were given to them that so that they may live. They may not be consumed by the wrath of God. Instead they may live in the wilderness. They may obey the commandments of God. And they may continue to live in the wilderness. And also they may continue to possess. Continue to live in the land that they are about to possess. That's what the word of God says in 33. End of 33. Deuteronomy chapter 5. That you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. You may prolong your days in the land that you shall possess. That means you will continue to live. You will continue to live in the land that you are about to possess. So today God is telling to the church that the commandments are given to the church because the church is brought out of the world. Out of darkness the church has been brought into the light. So we need the commandment of God today as it was given to the children of God in the wilderness. And also the word of God says these commandments were given for them to live. And today God expects us to live godly. Today God expects us to continue our living on this earth in a godly way. So we need these commandments and we also need these commandments because we are going to live with God eternally. So today the commandments of God are very very essential, vital for the living, for the life of 
every Christian today on this earth. And today we are going to continue the remaining five commandments of the Lord to see how these remaining five commandments are compromised in the churches today. You know, God is not at all happy about the compromise that's going on in churches today. You know, there is no question of reevaluating or revalidating the, the, the commandments to see how these commandments are applicable in today's context. There is no, you know, no question about it. God doesn't expect, uh, expect us to do that. These commandments are written so that they must be obeyed. They are the commandments of God. They must be obeyed. That's the reason it is written. And there is no question of redefining these commandments. You know, today, the modern theologians or the modern columnists who may or may not have any relationship with God Almighty, they try to redefine or reevaluate these commands to see the applicability of these commandments in today's context. But there is no question of, you know, evaluating or redefining the commandments. Commandments are given by God and the commandments of God must be obeyed. You know, when we try to understand the commandments of God, when we try to interpret the word of God by our carnal mind, we end up in redefining or reevaluating the commandments of God. But God's word, God's commandments cannot be understood by our carnal minds. You know, we need the spirit of God because he is the author of these commandments he is the author of the word of God we need the spirit of God if someone is not filled if someone is not anointed by the spirit of God he is not going to understand what the word of God is saying because we don't know anything about the author who wrote this word of God when people try to understand interpret word of God with carnal mind they end up in so many things which are no more relevant to the word of God and today God is expecting the churches to take care about this. You know there are people out there, you know they try to mess around with God's word. You know then they are trying to think, you know they are trying to think or interpret the word of God in their own way. Trying to bring their own ideas into the church today. And we need to understand, as children of God, we need to understand, they are not really from God. They are the wisdom of this world. You know, there is so much of wisdom in this world, which is God-given, but then eventually it is used for wrong purposes. You know, God has given us wisdom. But when we try to use that wisdom to interpret the word of God, you know, we go wrong. We end up in doing mistake. We end up in committing, you know, a serious error with the word of God. They are not from God. And God is expecting us to follow the scriptures just literally as it is written. As it is written. You know, the reason we have multiple versions of the word of God today, you know, the word of God is trying to, you know, present us the, the gospel or the, the, the written word of God in different, different flavors so that we may understand the true word of God. 
we may understand the true word of God. You know, whatever version we are sticking on to, let's continually, you know, stick on to those words. They literally stick on to those words which are written. If we don't understand some of the scriptures, God is expecting us to read those scriptures again and go back and ask the author of the scripture. And ask him, Spirit of God, I don't understand what the scripture is trying to tell me. Just teach me today and God is going to interpret. And you know, that's going to be the right interpretation that you and I need today. You know, if as a church, if we are trying to follow something which is fancy, which we see today, not written by the author of the scripture, if it is written by some other author, it may not be the true word of God. And today as a church, God expects us to listen and to read the book which is written by the only author, the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean that I'm not trying to say that we don't need to read other books. We still can read the other books which are in line with the word of God. If the moment we find something which is not in line with the word of God, we don't really want to get into that because we have enough stuff written in the word of God. That will nourish our soul and we have plenty of wisdom which is seen in the word of God than what we see in the world. Because, you know, as a church we need to really take care of something which we read in the book of Revelation. If you can turn with me quickly to the book of Revelation. I'm just just quoting this scripture because it just... uh, came in our context Revelation chapter 20 verse 18 sorry 22 verse 18 Revelation chapter 22 verse 18 for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book if anyone adds to these things God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. You know, word of God is just word of God. There is nothing I can do about it. There is nothing we can do about it. It says very clearly, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. You may may have questions today, Lord, why is such a sickness in my family? Why I'm going through such a sickness? Word of God gives an answer. If somebody adds something to this word of God, word of God very clearly says, God is going to add one of the plagues. He just takes one of the plagues which came upon the Egyptians and he's going to put that in the plague, that plague in our family. And you and I don't really want to get into this by adding something to the word of God or removing something from the word of God. God's word, God's commandments are indispensable. God's commandments are not to be compromised. God's commandments are just to be followed, just to be obeyed as it is written. Let's move on to the sixth commandment let's go back to exodus chapter 20 verse 13 exodus chapter 20 verse 13 word of god says you shall not murder you shall not murder the sixth commandment is about respect for human life 
Sixth commandment is about respect for human life. The one that is diminishing in these days. The one that is fading away from the face of this earth. People don't respect life on this earth. Human lives are so precious. Human, human lives are so different from the rest of the lives because human life is not just going to end on this earth. The human life is going to live continually with the Lord. They are so different. But of God says, you shall not murder. What is murder? What is murder in God's eyes? You know, from the human perspective, murder is a physical act of taking others' life. Certainly murder is different from killing. Murder is destroying lives out of rage or out of anger. The Hebrew word for murder literally means the intentional the premediated killing of another person with malice or hatred you know that's what is murder word of god says in first john 3:15 whoever hates his brother is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him that means no murderer can inherit eternal life if somebody is a murderer someone is a murderer he cannot go to heaven that's what the word of God is trying to tell us when we harbor anger in our hearts for someone we commit the sin of murder sin of murder in God's eyes it's just as simple as that or as hard as that when we harbor anger in our hearts it is equivalent to disobeying or compromising the sixth commandment saying you shall not murder. You know today, why do we develop hatred with someone? Now there are various reasons the children of God, they develop hatred with some people around us. Maybe we don't agree with them. Maybe we disagree with somebody. Maybe we realize that the other person doesn't like me. And the other person doesn't like us. So we start hating them. Maybe someone really failed to keep his commitments. Someone you know, promised that he will remain truthful to us. But now he failed from that. So we develop anger within us. Maybe someone is not forgiving us or we are not, we are not forgiving them. That's the reason we still carry anger within our hearts. Or we had a great expectation from somebody. But then eventually they failed us. And we, there is an anger coming in our hearts without our knowledge. You know, most of the time as human, we try to look at their weaknesses. We don't appreciate somebody's you know, good things. We always tend to look at their weaknesses. And as we try to look at their weaknesses, there is an anger coming within us. Why this person is behaving in this way? Why somebody is behaving in this fashion? You know, today if you look at the statistics, I, I'm just, you know, just throwing these numbers just to reiterate the validity of the commandment of God in today's context. The statistic says... Half of all women in Canada have experienced at least one incident of physical or sexual violence since the age of 16. Half of the women of Canada. It also says 67% of all Canadians say they personally know 
at least one woman who has been sexually or physically assaulted 67 percentage of all Canadians they say they at least know somebody who has gone through it so on an average every six days a woman in Canada is killed by her intimate partner on an average every six days one woman is killed by her intimate partner in 2011 from the 89 police reported spousal hum homicides out of 89 79 of the victims that's over 85 percentage were women there is hatred everywhere today on any given day in Canada more than 300 and Three more than 3,300 women along with their 3,000 children are forced to sleep in an emergency shelter to escape domestic violence. Every night about 200 women are turned away because the shelters are full. There is no room. Where are they going? We don't know. There is so much hatred outside today. And there is somebody out there telling that these commandments are no more valid. How can church agree to this today? We need to understand. We are living in a time we need the commandment the most. The commandments are most needed, most valid today. Just today. Hatred prevails everywhere. Leading to murder. For some reason we hate people today. Let's come back to the reality in the church. God is telling that if we hate someone, we compromise the commandment of God. God doesn't want us to hate somebody. God doesn't want us to speak evil things about somebody. God always looks at the intention of our hearts. You know, if we have such hatreds against someone, what of God very clearly tells us we need to reconcile. We need to reconcile Matthew chapter 5 verse 23 to 24. The known scriptures Matthew 5 23 to 24. Word of God says if you bring your gift to the altar. And if you find that you, are, you have something against your brother. Or something against your sister. Or something against your neighbor. Or something against your friend. Or something against your lover. Or somebody. If you have something against somebody. You know what the word of God says. Leave your gift there before the altar. And go your way first be reconciled with your brother and then come and offer your gift that's the word of God that's the word of God God always wants us to reconcile but you know what most sometimes it's not possible because we don't see the other person around or still we don't agree with each other but that's true that's still possible. But you know what God is telling us? Do not carry anger in your heart. You may not still agree with each other. But don't carry anger in your heart. Don't harbor anger in your heart. If we do that, we compromise the sixth commandment. Even if you are not able to agree. We need to ask God, Lord, remove that anger from my heart. I am no more angry with him. I am no more angry with her. But Lord God, give me an opportunity to deal with them. Give me your wisdom to deal with them. We may be still disappointed. But we don't need to carry anger in our heart. It's possible. You know. If you really want to get rid of it. It's possible only by the love of God. As human we may not be able to do it. But God is asking the church. That we cannot carry anger in our heart. Because anger will eventually lead 
to physical murder or having anger in our heart spiritually it is already equivalent to murder committing murder and God doesn't want the church to compromise the sixth commandment let's move further the seventh commandment verse 14 you shall not commit adultery you shall not commit adultery the seventh commandment is about purity in relationship the seventh commandment is about purity in relationship you know I don't think we have any disagreement here at this place because people who are living in adultery they already compromise this commandment of God it's very clear from that there is no doubt about it but let's let's get into straight away what Jesus said in Matthew let's go to Matthew chapter 5 Matthew chapter 5 verses 27 to 30 Matthew chapter 5 verse 27 you have heard that it was said to those of old you shall not commit adultery but I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart verse 29 if your right eye causes you to sin pluck it out and cast it from you for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into the hell and if your right hand, right hand causes you to sin cut it off and cast it from you for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into the hell you know what Jesus said Jesus is not abolishing the old commandments Jesus is building his expectation you know much higher than the old commandments that doesn't mean that we can get away with the old commandments no we need to have that old commandments as a foundation do not commit adultery and over that God Jesus is expecting us to build the commitment to the God to God what commitment commitment as it is written in verse 28 but I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to a lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart you know today the media out there is so powerful to inject adultery even in the child even in the hearts of little ones the media out there is so powerful you know but that's nothing to do with the church church has nothing to do with that church is called out of the corrupted world church is the one which is called out of the corrupted world that means church cannot go with the pattern of this world compromising God's commandment you know today you and I as church we need to be very careful what is our stand today church cannot dress like the world does today church cannot perform like the world performs God's word is not liberal God's word is not liberal at all especially in this matter you know we need to be open-minded but not in this matter we need to be willing to change but not in this matter in fact there is no room in God's word to mix up world with the church you know God's word is very clear 
God's standards are totally different from what man has defined as a standard in the church today. God's standards are according to the word of God, according to the written word of God. You know, we should be avoiding those things as children of God. It is hard today to preach these things in the church. You know, I was listening to one sermon, a little bit of it. Most of, most of us listen to that today. And the man of God was preaching there. If somebody is preaching about adultery, it means that there is hidden sin of adultery in his life. That's not true. That's not true. But we need to understand today, if somebody is preaching about adultery, they are more vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. They are more vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. You know, we need to pray for such individuals. You know, as they bring the word of God into the churches today, we need to pray for them because they are more vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. It's not that they have hidden sin in their lives, but they are more vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. Today, God expects us to live according to the word of God. Let's read two scriptures and move from here. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 9. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 9. Word of God says, In like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Word of God says very clearly, church, you cannot be like the world. You cannot be like the world. You are called out of the world. And you are supposed to be living according to the word of God. And what the word of God says. Women adorn themselves in modest. Means unattractive. Simple. Humble. Apparel. With propriety. With decency. And moderation. With self-control. Not with braided hair or gold or pearl or costly clothing. But which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Debbie was trying to tell that when we live in the midst of the people around today. They are observing us. They are noticing us. What do they find in us? The way we dress. The way we behave. The way we do things. That's what they are observing. First Peter 3 says. First Peter 3, 3-4. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. We are not trying to say that do not comb your hair, do not you know, arrange your hair, do not wear gold. We are not trying to say that here. But instead we are saying that rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of God. Which is very precious in the sight of God. There are two things we are talking about. One is we don't want to dress up in such a way that we attract somebody. And that you know it may be a stumbling block for someone else. And he is going to look at you and fall into sin. We don't want to do that. And the second thing is we don't want to do things outwardly. And inwardly it is totally corrupted. You know that's what God's word is teaching us here. 
and churches are compromising in this area there is no doubt about it you know we are afraid to teach these things even to our kids even to the youth because thinking that they may not come to the church churches are so afraid to deal with this area but God's word God's word God's commandments cannot be compromised amen let's move on for move further let's go to the word the eighth commandment of God let's read Exodus chapter 20 verse 15 you shall not steal you shall not steal the eighth commandment is about honesty the eighth commandment is about honesty God wants the church to be honest in everything you know stealing is defined as taking another person's property without his or her permission that's what is stealing now when we do this we compromise with the commandment of God you know some of the areas today children of God fail to obey this commandment probably are the following first of all in our workplaces when we take lunch breaks longer than that's permitted when we come late to work and go early from work we are stealing somebody else time we are stealing somebody else resources using office materials for personal use it may be just taking photocopies of five pages or it may be taking photocopies of printing hundred pages there are some offices they allow they permit you know certain uh, you know, materials can be used for personal use but the simple definition maybe I try to understand this way if I'm able to do something when my manager is standing behind me that's allowed if I'm not doing if I'm doing something when nobody else is around that's probably not permitted the, man, the moment manager walks into my cabin if I just close that screen and switch my screen to something else that means something is not permitted there word of God right away comes to our heart today and saying that we compromise there word of God tells us you do not steal you shall not steal but what are we stealing today as a church it's a very gray area you know the most of the time believers tumble upon but God expects us to be very clear in this area because there are eyes watching us there are eyes observing what we try to do secondly we as children of God you know we receive tremendous gifts spiritually as well as physically from God we receive a lot of gifts from God materially we are blessed you know when we withhold those talents that we receive from God when we withhold those blessings that we receive from God we compromise with this statement with this commandment of stealing something that belongs to God stealing something that God has given us but we are not utilizing it for him word of God tells that very clearly Word of God tells that very clearly with the scripture we know in Malachi chapter 3 verses 8 to 10 Malachi chapter 3 verses 8 to 10 the prophet Malachi puts it this way he's saying that he's addressing the children of Israel and he's asking them will a man rob God will a man steal God will a man rob God and God is saying yet you rob me and they were asking in what way how do we rob you and God said in tithes and offerings you know God expects us to give what that belongs to God and God expects us to have what belongs to us and the moment we do that 
most of most of the time children of God we find they compromise with the commandment of God the eighth commandment let's move further to the ninth commandment verse 16 you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor you shall not bear false witness against neighbor the ninth commandment of God is about truthfulness is about truthfulness You know, to give false witness or to give false testimony against someone is basically lying about somebody for our own gain. False witness is given about someone if we lie about somebody and because of your own gain or somebody else's gain. And God expects as children of God to remain faithful to this commandment. He doesn't want us to compromise. You know the Hebrew word that is used here, uh, translate the, used for the neighbor, which is translated in English as neighbor in this commandment, it means your associate, your brother, your companion, fellow, friend, husband, your lover or your neighbor. You know, God's word says, you don't make false witnesses and make false testimonies against somebody. You know, today when a child of God signs a false witness or stand in the court to bring false testimony against someone, he or she is compromising the ninth commandment of God. You know, today most of the time we fail in that because we take things lightly. But we never know that we are compromising with God's commandment there. The reason why God forbids his children compromising with this law, I can say that they are, they are threefold. Number one, first of all, we are to reflect God in our lives. You know, our God is a God of trustworthy. Our God is a God of truthful. Word of God says in number 23, Numbers 23 verse 19, Word of God tells who our God is. Word of God says, God is not a man that he should lie. Nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Our God doesn't lie. And his children, God's children, don't lie. They don't make false testimonies, false witnesses. Number two, bearing false witness is going to affect somebody adversely. Bearing false witness or false testimony is going to affect the victim of the lie. God doesn't want us to do it. God doesn't want us to do it. It may affect their credibility. It may affect their reputation if it is a business. It may totally bring down that business. It may be a life or it may be a family. It may totally destroy that life or family. God doesn't want us to make false witnesses. Thirdly, it affects the social judiciary system. If children of God end up in making false witnesses, people will lose trust in the judicial system today. And God doesn't want children of God, the church, to enter into those areas compromising the ninth commandment of God. Finally, the tenth commandment, as we read in verse 17, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. The final commandment is about contentment. The final commandment is about contentment. You know, God expects us to be content with what we have. 
you know those who are not content with what they have they easily compromise the 10th commandment of God that is something that God wants to speak to me today God wants to speak to you today now the reason why God kept this commandment you know there are things there are things on our way in our lives our flesh desires to achieve our flesh desires to have by looking at them by coveting you know even by enjoying those things which we don't want own which don't belong to us our flesh desires for example we feel we look at our neighbor's house and we feel that neighbor's house is much better than our house what of god says we look at neighbor's wife and feel that oh she is more beautiful than my wife we look at our neighbor's car and we realize that his car is much better probably i need to just get one you know how the neighborhoods develop themselves how the neighborhoods are you know uh, raising up uh, they are coming up they look at others they look at the other house oh he got this car i need to buy something better now eventually of course they grow physically they grow but not spiritually certainly they go down when we violate when we compromise the commandment of god word of god says you shall not covet any of the things that you don't want that belongs to somebody else you know many of us today we don't even realize that we are compromising god's commandment in this way and god is trying to teach us today one scripture that comes in my mind is godliness with contentment is a great gain godliness with contentment is a great gain nothing else on this world let's let's read that scripture there are some more few more words associated with it first timothy chapter 6 1st Timothy chapter 6 verses 6 to 11 verse 6 now godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out of this world and having food and clothing with these we shall be content but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Western says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Word of God very clearly says we need to be content with what we have. It may be just the minimum, bare minimum is what we have. We are able to just count the days in our lives just one day at a time. But God is telling us that we need to be content with what God has given to us. Let's read one more scripture. Colossians 3 verses 1 to 4. Colossians 3 verses 1 to 4. God's word is asking us to seek something else as we live on this earth. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with 
Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Contentment is something that God's children need to desire if we want to fulfill the commandment of God, the 10th commandment. Contentment doesn't come just like that. It comes with self-denial. Contentment comes with self-denial. Self-denial means what Jesus spoke in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus is trying to tell three things here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Self-denial is about denying the greediness of this world. Taking up the cross is a symbol of suffering for Christ. Now today the moment such a thought comes into the mind of a child of God, the question that we need to ask is, am I trying to follow Christ? If I am trying to follow Christ, I will seek after the things which are not of this world, but which are of the heaven. You know, today there are people living in this nation. They may not have anything to do. They may not have well to do. They are not well to do. But they are godly. They are very content. They are very satisfied with what God has given to them. And God is calling us, calling the church to follow him. In contentment, with self-denial. You know, there is a cost of discipleship in the word of God all along. The cost of denying ourselves to the world. It is a tough teaching, it is a hard teaching to follow, denying ourselves to this world. But that's where God is calling the churches to go. I believe this morning, God is speaking to us. God expects the church not to compromise with the word of God. God doesn't want us to harbor hatred or anger in our heart compromising the sixth commandment of God and God doesn't want us to dress like this world and act like this world and be with lustful eyes and thoughts compromising the seventh commandment of God God doesn't want us to steal what doesn't really belong to us God doesn't want us to steal the talents and the gifts that God has given to us which are to be used for godly purposes God doesn't want us to steal the, 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 the blessings that God has given to us because a certain amount that belongs to God alone. God doesn't want the church to compromise in those areas. God doesn't want us to stand as a false witness compromising the ninth commandment of God. And at the same time, God doesn't want us to cover what really don't belong to us compromising the tenth commandment of God. And this morning, let's close our eyes and ask God, Lord, is there something that you are trying to teach me today?